In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies, it is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Welcome once again to Strange Planet, and on this episode, the globalist cabal, Project Monarch, and the military-industrial complex. I'll be speaking with a long-time targeted individual. Michael Fitzhugh Bell is back with uh, his third book in a series of above-top secret government programs, delving further into the dark unknown reality of neurological weapons technology, the formula money plus power equals control. And um, Michael is under 24-7 military surveillance monitoring, illegally placed on the terror watch list, multiple stealth helicopters, he says, hover from dusk till dawn over his house and property. Trillions of U.S. taxpayer dollars are believed to be diverted annually, funding covert black programs controlled by the globalist cabal. Remote wireless brain-computer interface is real and a proven technology capable of reading a person's thoughts and putting data back into the human brain in real time via a supercomputer. And under the guise of counterterrorism, millions of unwitting innocent citizens are being exploited as human experimentation test subjects. So, he says, let the reader be forewarned. This information is disturbing, although educational to a general public that remains willfully ignorant of the existence of such atrocities. And the third book is American Cyborg. Michael Fitzhugh Bell, welcome back. It's been a while. How are you? Um, well, Richard, nice to be back. It's great to see you. This is the first time, actually, we've, um, we've met uh, via the, uh, the, the webcam over Zoom. Um, 
So for those not familiar, because it's been a while, and uh, you've been with me on Coast to Coast as well, I believe. That's uh, correct. Just give us the, uh, I read a, a synopsis of, of your new book, but give us a, a brief synopsis of your your um, hellacious life, really, um, over the last, I don't know, decades? Yeah, I can tell you, uh, I can give you a brief introduction. Um, uh, what happened to me, actually, when I look back with clarity, probably has been going on for all of my life. I remember things as early as three or four, but it wasn't until December of 2001 that I became aware of being targeted. And uh, what happened to me is I was living, I was a writer uh, in, a, in a, an apartment in Los Angeles. One night I was drugged and abducted from my apartment. I remember the perpetrators wearing frightening masks and at one point lying on a stainless steel table with a bright light shining on me and surgeons wearing surgical masks standing over me. I woke up thinking that it was the next morning, but to my horror, I discovered that it was actually eight days later. And my body was riddled with dozens of tiny corresponding and symmetrical covert cosmetic surgical incision scars. I consulted with several private investigators and a former CIA agent that informed me that it sounded like I'd become what is known as a targeted individual and that I'd possibly been implanted with advanced nanotechnology biomedical devices. So I traveled around the world, literally around the world, collecting medical evidence in the form of MRIs, ultrasound, x-rays, with verified and validated real doctor's reports, all clearly showing foreign objects directly beneath the covert surgical incision scars. The private investigators and former CIA agent all told me that I was likely part of a massive field test and illegal clinical trial of human experimentation using classified technologies. This is really recognized as the most advanced weapon system ever created by mankind and a weapon in every sense of the word. This program is widely recognized as an unacknowledged special access program believed to be part of the military industrial complex, which is composed of the military, black ops, the military, the Department of Defense, NSA, Department of Justice, and the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA. A human experimentation program that causes extreme psychological terror as well as physical torture. This kind of illegal human experimentation is considered a war crime and is the highest ranking type of capital crime punishable by the death penalty. It's been estimated that as much as, 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 much as a third to as many as 50% of Americans have been estimated to have already been implanted with non-therapeutic, non-consensual RFID biomedical implant technology. Without their knowledge, permission, or consent, technology is way ahead of the law. The law has a lot of catching up to do. Um, these um, implants, did you have any of them removed? I had one removed from my jaw. That's in my first book, 
Um, I had one removed from my front left jaw, lower jaw, and I had, I photographed it, but the doctor would not allow me to keep it. If I were to do it again, I should have been able to keep it because it's something that came from my body and it wasn't something that was um, supposed to be there. So if, if it was a bullet or something like that, that would be the chain of custody would go to me and that's where this fell. But it was taken away from me. I was lucky to get a couple of photographs of it. And um, we should mention the, the previous two books in this now three book series, The Invisible Crime, The Invisible Crime Part Two. And uh, the latest is American Cyborg, The Globalist Cabal, Project Monarch and the Military Industrial Complex. What were you hoping to achieve with um, this, this third book? Uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to pull back the veil of, uh, of the corruption that's going on in this country and around the world right now. Um, this particular program that I'm a part of is probably the biggest conspiracy in existence uh, of mankind. Uh, there are many other conspiracies uh, to consider, but even something like, I'd have to say something like, a conspiracy about aliens would have to take a back seat to this conspiracy as, as it concerns every human being on the planet. And um, it's pretty powerful. So can you explain kind of a, a typical day, if I can use that word typical uh, <laughs> in the sense of, you know, how you are being, affected by whether we're talking about remote wireless brain computer interface or, or some other technology, how is it impacting you on a daily basis? How does it, when does it start? How does it, you know, how long does it last and so forth? What are the effects? Well, it's difficult to describe, but, um, it's, it's sleep deprivation. That's for sure. You, you'll, you'll never, if you're a targeted individual, you're, you will rarely, if ever, experience natural sleep again. Um, the I don't. There are certain targeted individuals that get something called V2K, which is uh, voice to skull technology. That's in simple terms, but really, what it is is BCI or brain computer interface technology. That's what that's what I'm experiencing uh, now, and so. Um, for instance, the, the perpetrator group that is responsible for me right now, there is a, an invisible neural interface between my brain and the technologies of the perpetrators that, that are, that have connected to my brain frequency and also through what I believe to be implants throughout my body, but in particular, the neural implant, um, most likely the IBM 2020 neural chip has, or some version of it, um, has been inserted in, into my brain without my permission, knowledge, or consent. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a challenge to survive. It's you have to learn to adapt 
You have to be positive. You have to turn the fear into a focus. Uh, if, if, because fear is one of the most man easily manipulated emotions uh, that target individuals are, are hit with. Uh, usually it would be either the two easiest ones to manipulate. It seems uh, in my research that fear and anger are two, two key emotions that will shape a person. Uh, if you can control those things, you can effectively control the person. So it's, uh, it's a terrible reality. Uh, it's, it's everyone's worst fear come true. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's really adaptation to survive. Can you get relief by stepping into some sort of a Faraday cage or are you able to, uh, you know, filter out or block any of this technology? Well, there are places that you'll feel better than others. For instance, if I'm outdoors, if I'm climbing a mountain, if I'm, if I'm somewhere like, for instance, this building that I'm in right now, my house, um, I rented it originally and then I ended up buying it. But now through my, through my research, um, I found out that most likely the house was completely set up for me before I even arrived at it. And when I'm gone, uh, sometimes there are telltale signs that people have been in my house, no matter what, no matter what measures I take to prevent people from getting into my house, um, cameras, uh, digital microphones, those type of things, the perpetrator group has unlimited resources and knowledge, and they know everything that I'm doing. They can see it in real time. They're able to, um, I believe, uh, read my thoughts in real time. So there's really not much I can do. Uh, I'm my, I'm literally, my hands are tied, uh, right in front of me and, and there's not much I can do about it. Um, but I, I do what I can to, to, um, to minimize the, their access to my, to my residence. Uh, since we last spoke, and that was when you published your second book, Invisible Crimes 2. What more have you learned about the perpetrators? Well, I've I've learned I've learned a lot. Uh, each I think uh, in the books in the in the three books, it's kind of a progression um, in terms of what happened to me in my story, and and as I learn more and more, there's more for me to write about and share with the with the readership. Um, it's it's evolutionary in that respect, but I believe this third book, American Cyborg, um, goes further than the other two. Uh, but each one is a jumping off point for the next. So I try not to repeat too much of the information I've already given to them, uh, to the readers. But um, uh, I'd say the third book is definitely um, the closest to to being complete 
as much as it can be with someone who's a victim of advanced technologies um, with, and also being at the high end of the target list in my, um, in my research, just to let the listenership know to be a targeted individual, there are many different types of targeted individuals and there are many different programs within this mind control program. Uh, the one that I'm at is one of the highest levels. I know this because I've, I've spoken with people who are at the same level and um, it's unbelievable the amount of money that is spent annually. Uh, the estimate, the estimate for for me alone for a single year, you have to understand when you bring helicopters and ground-based technology and radar and um, lasers, all of these things that are being used on me here in the mountains. Um, the annual cost is estimated to be in excess of $10 billion for me, just for me, for one year, just for one year. It's amazing. And with the... Um, sorry, sorry, Michael, how did you arrive at that figure? Well, it's, 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 it's not hard to, to understand when in a given night, uh, this, is, this is through my research, uh, the the helicopter targeting, which we've never talked about before, which I don't believe any other of your guests have ever spoken about, uh, is the most advanced format for monitoring and surveillance. Once you're placed, like I have been, I believe I've been placed on the terror watch list or the counterterrorism watch list. That opens up, that gives the the perpetrators, the group that is targeting me, uh, part of the government, um, that gives them the authority to do whatever they want. They're, they gives them full surveillance, full monitoring, 24-7. The helicopters are just part of the program, but they are one of the most expensive aspects of it. Uh, it takes at least three helicopters and or several drones to triangulate uh, the telemetry between the targeted individual on the ground and the, the helicopters in the air. And they're there. It's all about data extraction. And the, the helicopters, there's on a given night, I mean, I've counted as many as 30 or 40 on, on a given night. And I can see the difference between a drone and a helicopter. And there's also satellites involved in this too. So, uh, and also classified aircraft uh, that are, in, that, is a, that you, things that you've never seen before that are in the sky, but to keep, just to keep one, to just to give the, the, the listenership an idea of, just one helicopter, one UH-60 Sikorsky military stealth helicopter 
is somewhere between 60 and $70 million to have that aircraft. Now you're going to have to have a full crew with backup pilots. You're going to have to have technicians on board. You're going to have to have other people involved. You're going to maybe have a crew of anywhere between four and eight to 12 people on an aircraft. Uh, and each aircraft has a different responsibility. And so you have many different, and they, and they need to triangulate. So they need at least three helicopters to triangulate, to get the signals that are coming off of me. And the, that's another thing that, that I didn't realize too, is that there's, so there's, there's as many as 30 or 40 up there almost every night, all night, every night. And the, the fuel, if you factor in the aircraft, the fuel, the the crew, you're talking anywhere from two hundred and fifty thousand to a million dollars or more per night per aircraft. So if there's thirty or forty of them up there just for one night, that could be in excess of thirty million dollars for one night. So people don't understand that, and that's coming out of taxpayer money. Uh, that's money that I'm paying in my taxes to target people like me. Uh, the the abuse of the uh, the 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 abuse of the of the uh, the military funding. If if the funding stopped, the targeting would end. It's all about it's all about the the funding and the military machine that keeps this thing going. Michael, we'll take a quick time out. American cyborg. That's part three of his uh, ongoing series, The Globalist Cabal, Project Monarch, and the Military-Industrial Complex. Back with more of our conversation right after these. The truth will set you free. 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 But first, it will really tick you off. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. And we're back with Michael Fitzhugh Bell. Michael is a, a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, classically trained chef who has worked in hotels in Austria and has worked in some very well-known restaurants and hotels in America. He spent several years working in the entertainment business in Hollywood as a motion picture catering chef and aspiring screenwriter. He also trains and does high-altitude mountaineering, climbing, big peaks around the world. And uh, he is the author of The Invisible Crime, The Invisible Crime Part 2, and his latest, American Cyborg, which is uh, detailing decades uh, as a targeted individual. Um, so right now, as we speak, uh, are there helicopters outside your... I was going to say, it's about the time when they come out. I was going to... I don't know what the range is of this computer i don't know if you'd be able to see the sky because oftentimes when you look through a camera things look further away and smaller uh but they're definitely up there tonight it's almost dark enough i i looked last night and i was imagining myself wanting to carry the computer downstairs and outside and turning it up at the sky and letting people look in real time at what i have to see every night um and most people on the would look up in the in the in the sky and and think that what they're seeing is stars or planets but 
And there are some of those up there. But what we're seeing is helicopters much, you know, the, this, the celestial sky, that can be light years away. That can be hundreds of thousands of miles away. We're talking about lights that are in the sky between five and 7,000 feet up, depending on, on where they're located. And when I say that I see 30 to 40 helicopters and drones around my house and property in the sky every night, those are just the ones that I can see and then I can count. There's also other areas that I can't see and I can't count. And, and at some point, it, it, somebody, people have to see it. I had some people working here a couple of months ago and I tried to tell them, they said they'd read about my books and I tried to explain to them. I said, well, if you stay late enough tonight, you'll, you'll, you'll see something. And, and they stayed late and uh, they were, they're, they were absolutely awed. They could not believe what they were seeing. Uh, they thought that I was kidding. They didn't, they, they were like, sure. Okay. Mr. Bell, we, you know, uh, we'll see. And I said, okay, we'll wait till it gets dark. And uh, they were blown away. They couldn't believe. And not only, not only could they not believe all of the lights in the sky that they were seeing, but it's even harder to believe that they're there for one person. It's not like I live in a neighborhood where they'd have, I mean, I, I have a huge place here and it's about a quarter mile between houses. So, or more, or even a half a mile between to the next house. So there's no other reason for anyone to be up there. And the other thing is, is that all of my neighbors are involved. Uh, I believe uh, either I believe that they are being paid to to participate and coerced if they don't want to, and perhaps threatened if they don't want to. But if they're going to pay their rent and their electricity and pay the money, and uh, they're they're not they can't say no to those things. And once they've accepted, there's no turning back for them. And um, how do you? Well, perhaps they're coerced, or perhaps uh, are they told some narrative about Michael Fitzhugh Bell that makes I them believe, want to participate? I, I don't believe that they're they're being given the truth. I don't believe that they're that they are being that they're told that they're being part of a military uh, uh, neurological weapons testing program. I don't believe that's what they're they're probably saying that because of all the helicopters uh, on being being illegally placed on the counterterrorism watch list, they're probably told that I'm either a terrorist or I, I remember confronting one of my neighbors a couple of years ago and say, and uh, I said, I asked him, uh, you know, point blank kind of caught him off guard. And I said, uh, I don't know what they're telling you about me. Uh, if that maybe they're telling you that I'm a terrorist or something. And he says, Oh, oh I have to go now. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I have to go. I could tell that I'd caught him off guard and he didn't know how to respond because I was looking him right in the eye and there was no getting away from it. So, uh, but if you see uh, the pieces of property around me and all the activity, I mean, if I go outside, when I go outside to photograph, the the helicopters and the drones i can hear on the road directly beneath my property i can hear 
electric golf carts. Uh, as soon as my door opens up and I step out onto my back porch, I can hear golf carts out there and there's people down there on them. And if I start photographing them, they'll leave, but they'll come back. Uh, or if I go down there with my camera, they'll leave. But as soon as I come back up to the house, they'll be back. So you, you may be the number one employer in in your, your uh your Oh, if, if I when I move, the, the sky will be black again. There'll be normal stars and planets up there and there'll be no more money for my neighbors. It'll be going toward wherever I move to. Uh, that neighborhood, uh, wherever that may be, it's it's ongoing. Since you're on a terrorist watch list, are you able to get on a plane? I mean, you can't fly anywhere, can you? No, I, I'm I'm still able to get on a plane, and I'm still able to to uh, to travel, and if I want to. But that's where I get most of my. Uh, that's where if. if when I travel, when I go, when I go to an airport or on an airplane, the uh, wherever I've been placed on the plane or whatever seat that I pick, all the people around me are will be part of this group. Will be paid people to to uh, harass me and to bother me uh, and to put fear into me. That's part of the reason. Um, one of the re well. There's many reasons, but uh, being keeping the targeted individual in a in a state of fear uh, forces them to not think things out well enough, and uh, also in that state of fear, it's supposed to be easier to manipulate. Uh, the person and to be able to uh, make them make a bad decision or in, or whatever decision they're pushing me toward. Uh, if you're in a traumatic state or, or if you're, you know, if you're afraid, if you're fearful, uh, it's easier to manipulate and mind control a person under those circumstances. So they try to keep that person in that state all the time. So when I leave, if I leave during, if I leave during the night, there'll be a helicopter or two following me on the highway. I mean, if somebody were in my, people are in my car with me, they can see it. And from the highway, uh, my house is a couple of miles back in the woods from the highway, but in the winter time, when the, all the leaves are down, you can see where my house is from the highway, and if it's at night, there'll be a crown of lights in the sky above my house. Uh, I've had people with me, and I say, you see that spot over there? And they said, yeah, what's going on over there? I said, that's my house. Those are helicopters. You'll see when we get up to my house. And then they don't believe me, but then when they're there and then they see there's a variety of drones too, not just the military drones. There's also the smaller type of drones that a, a person would get on Amazon, those kind of drones, the kind of drone you'd have to, to just fly around for fun. There's those drones, there's professional military drones. Um, it's, uh, it, Every, I mean, it's it's all night, every night I get that in the sky. And the reason that they are spending the money, it's for the data extraction. So, and also 
another thing that I mentioned in American that I, that I talk about in American Cyborg is the frequencies that that are coming off of the what's believed to be the fully implanted targeted individual. Um, this is the Med sixty four biomedical device. I'm sorry. Is this the Med sixty four biomedical device you're referring to? That's correct. The the, the Med sixty four system is a it's a system that allows the in this case the perpetrators. It's an actual medical system that's it's a device used to monitor, interpret, and collect data from a human being remotely wirelessly from an implanted device such as a cardiac pacemaker, a coronary stint, cardiac defibrillators, and also other biomedical implants. The data is collected via the Med64 system, done so instantly at light speed. The criminal cabal handler teams are believed to have access, receive training on, and use this device outside the device's legitimate medical intent usage in performing their surveillance and data extraction performed illegally on victims who have been implanted with advanced biomedical and nanotechnology devices. Using the Med64 system allows handlers to record, monitor reactions, emotions, and medical body responses. I'm just referring to some of my notes here. Given stimuli, including heart rate, blood pressure, body temperature, core temperature, in real time, the Med64 system recognizes body frequency signals from implanted devices, which in turn are used in specific tests and experiments being conducted in complete secrecy without any official government knowledge on what is estimated to be in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on unsuspecting victims worldwide nightly. All right, Michael, I got to jump in, got to take another time out. Back with more Michael Fitzhugh Bell, American Cyborg. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. We're now crossing a zone of turbulence. Please return your seats and food trays to their upright position and make sure your carry-on luggage is safely stowed. You're about to leave everything you know behind. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Strange Planet. American Cyborg. This is uh, part three in... Michael Fitzhugh Bell's series began with Invisible Crime, Invisible Crime Part 2, and now American Cyborg detailing his uh, decades of life as a targeted individual. Um, let me go back to something I, I sort of was trying to get at earlier, and that has to do with the perps. Yes. Are you any closer, after researching for American Cyborg 3, in identifying an exact, I don't know, a government agency or perhaps a... Um, a black ops program underneath some some agency? Do you know where this is all stemming from? Well, I know that the primary handler teams, my particular handler teams, are composed of operatives believed to be using classified technologies, which enable remote viewing, monitoring, tracking, torturing, mind mining, dream inserting, 
electronic sleep depriving targeted individuals 24 seven outside the law with complete impunity. And then that's just the primary handler team. And then you have the organized stalkers, which are contract group stalkers. They are cause stalkers or gang stalkers working at the street level as foot soldiers, following, leading, and harassing targeted individuals wherever they go out in public globally. And then you have something which my research indicates to be unwitting perpetrators, believed to be mind-controlled, ordinary citizens that harass targeted individuals on an unconscious level, unaware of their actions, being remotely directed by their own set of handlers. And the handler teams are believed to be composed of a minimum of four people working in 12-hour shifts with two people posted at each shift. Some handler teams will have as many as six to eight team members working in six to eight-hour shifts with two people posted at each shift operating 24-7, 365 days a year. Each team will most likely have a computer specialist as the manipulation of the targeted individual's computer and email are a crucial part of the mind control process. Each team will also likely have a psychologist as well as an electronics specialist for phone tapping and manipulation of the electrical grid of the targeted individual's residence. The handler teams are reportedly deluded into thinking that the ongoing human experimentation tests that they are conducting are for reasons other than that of military research. It's unlikely that perpetrators will ever come forward to reveal their operations as it's highly illegal and breaks dozens of laws. Perhaps the conscience of at least one of these basically good people will drive them to expose the crucial and inhumane crime against humanity. Okay, but we still don't know whether it's U.S. Navy intelligence, whether it's deep inside oh, it's, it's, Department uh, of Homeland Security. It's, it's, uh, it's all of those. It's the National Guard. It's, it's uh, the FBI. It's the CIA. It's, it's every government agency has... Uh, it's been infiltrated. Uh, local law enforcement, the medical community, completely. But who's directing it? Who's directing it? They're they're basically operating on you know orders. But who's directing it? Do you think? Uh, the the people who are controlling it is is uh, what I talk about in American Cyborg is what we call the globalist cabal, and that is the the most elite, wealthiest group of people in the world that are controlling, they control the military. Uh, so you have people who are above the military, that the military takes their orders from, that the military gets paid by the, this, this group, uh, portions, the majority of the, uh, of the, of the testing uh, is coming from funding from taxpayer money. So, uh, but the, the top people are the globalist cabal. Are they and, doing this? I mean, are they getting some sort of, I don't know, gratification out of this or is it strictly experimentation because they're 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 gathering data and at some point they're going to launch this like worldwide right well i'd say that the reasons targeted individuals are believed being exploited for include some of the following 
medical testing to see if certain types of cancer can be caused or mutated simply through the power of suggestion, various unknown mind-controlled experiments, ritualistic torture and sadistic gratification, psychological and physical experimentation, human trafficking, perverse forms of entertainment and voyeurism, to see if the sexual orientation of a person can be changed, heterosexual to homosexual, homosexual to heterosexual, to determine which techniques and methods get the best results, to have targeted individuals believe things that are absurd, that don't happen or exist. An example would be the U.S. intelligence community convinced a young Muslim at Guantanamo Bay that he'd lost his hands and legs, even though he had not lost them, to determine if targeted individuals can be influenced to commit treason or assassinate powerful political figures and not remember it, to see if targeted individuals can be made to think about dishonest actions when they are perfectly honest. Those are some of the reasons. With you, do you feel as if things are ramping up as if they have some special covert mission for you? I mean, do they want you to do something in particular or are they just studying you? You're simply like a hamster in a cage. Uh, I feel that uh, my, my targeting specifically for me is, seems to be something in the research and development uh, area. I don't know... Uh, I have, I know of another person who's at my level of targeting, but he's in an, an, another program, which he believes is the assassination program. He believes that that they're trying to kill him in in ways that they're not trying to kill me. Uh, so he he says in that respect that. Uh, that my targeting is different from his uh, in that respect. Um, are you um, are you in touch with any fellow targeted individuals? Are you part of a support group? Well, I, I'm glad you asked about that. Um, I have been uh, in contact with some targeted individuals, but um, I found that most of those groups, if not all of them, have been infiltrated by perpetrators and many of the people on a lot of these groups are actually perpetrators that are either trying to befriend a target or get information from them uh, and to see what they know uh, the, representing the perpetrators to see how far targeted individuals have been able to put things together and put the pieces of the puzzle together. They want to see where they are, what, what their limitations are. Uh, they can only get that kind of information when the target individuals will give it to them. So uh, there may be some groups that are legitimate, but um, there seems to be some element of corruption even in these groups. It's amazing how far the reach of the, the cabal is. So with this book, American Cyborg, have you, have you come to any conclusions in terms of how this can be stopped? Uh, you know, I, I, I think that I, I talk about that in, in the last chapter. Um, and um, 
the only way to, I mean, it's already been exposed a couple of times. I mean, if you look at, I mean, and people don't, you know, it's like they expose it a little bit and then they pull back. I mean, you look at the U.S. diplomats in Cuba claimed that they were attacked and tortured by ultrasonic acoustic weapons, causing severe headaches, pain and permanent hearing damage. And the FBI and medical services and doctors were quick to respond and seemed quite familiar with the effects of these dangerous covert weapons, yet target individuals that are that are complaining and are being attacked by what is believed to be identical covert weapons are dismissed and declared mentally ill to cover up the truth. Um, also, I wanted to say that during my radio interviews, I believe my perpetrators use a similar frequency on me trying to diminish my ability to communicate effectively to the listeners, jamming and dulling my focus, disorienting me as I try to form and convey thoughts, even sometimes mid-sentence compromising my credibility. All right. So in the in conclusion, Michael, I mean, what is to be done aside from getting the information out there? Um, what else can be done? Well, I mean, uh, education, I believe, is the, is the only way. You're, I mean, um, the best, the, that's what I've tried to do in my books. I've tried to, that's what's been the challenge for me, is to not only convey everything that I've gone through and explain it in ways that the average person can understand, but at the same time, to try to make it compelling and to try to make uh, it, it, it readable, uh, where it's something that the people want to learn that they can't get enough of. That's that's what you want. You want people to be hungry for more knowledge. It's what it is. Uh, when you look at the the global amount of information that's out there, it's been estimated that the 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 general public is only has access to about seven to 11% of all information. So that would be at the most 93% of the information being withheld from the general public, literally putting us back in the stone age and there and having people like the globalist cabal and military being a hundred years ahead of us technology wise. Uh, and it would, it makes sense too. American Cyborg. Um, how do we get a copy? Uh, you can uh, you can go to um, my websites. I have two websites: invisiblecrime.com and michaelfbell.com. The books are available through Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and wherever fine books are sold. All right, Michael. Great to see you again. Um, be well, and uh, I hope to talk again soon. Maybe we'll get you back on Coast. I hope so. Thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate it. It was nice, nice to see you and nice to be on the show again. All right. Thank you. American Cyborg. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 